It's 5.45 a.m. on April 19, 2022, and the police department in Lynchburg, Virginia, receives a request for a wellness check on a 38-year-old man named Johnny Cashman. Placing the request is Johnny's mother, who hasn't heard from him in five days. With Johnny residing in Lynchburg and the rest of his family hundreds of miles away in Maine, He makes a point to keep in contact with his mother every single day. And on April 14th, he just went dark. Lynchburg police head to Johnny's place at 1415 Kemper Street, where they're greeted by a small apartment building attached to a flea market and adorned in curious choices of paint a pale yellow with a tinge of lime green slathered over the bricks, and a bright robin egg blue framing the front door and stretched across the top of the building in a horizontal accent line. An officer enters the building, heads up a flight of hardwood stairs, and knocks on the gray door of apartment 67. No answer. Officers try knocking on Johnny's door multiple times throughout the morning, but nothing happens. With rising concern about Johnny's well-being, officers obtain a search warrant and a key to his apartment, which they enter around 8 a.m. Inside, they find Johnny kind of slumped over onto his back on the floor of the hallway, dead. They collect a very small amount of evidence around the apartment. Six swabs and a white iPhone with red stains. The medical examiner's report, timestamped at 10.16am, reads, Blood with fecal matter mixed in, found around home. Likely gastrointestinal bleed, per investigators. No trauma, no drugs, nothing suspicious. ID, okay. Medical history, hypertension, bad liver, tobacco use. Although none of Johnny's previous medical records show any signs of gastrointestinal issues, with his last appointment being only three months prior, an autopsy is turned down, and the case is closed. Officers contact Johnny's family that morning to let them know that he has been found. Deceased in his apartment. They tell the family that there were no signs of suicide or homicide, and that his death was natural, caused by a medical condition, and that he probably died quickly and didn't suffer. The grieving family finds some solace in this claim. They decide to have Johnny cremated, as the Lynchburg funeral home they arrange with suggests they shouldn't see him in his decomposed state. His ashes are taken to Maine, 
to be with them. Johnny's ex-girlfriend, joined by her mother, stops by his apartment on April 29th to grab a few things. As they step inside, they're greeted by a shocking and gruesome scene. There's copious amounts of blood. Everywhere. All over the apartment, in drips, puddles, smears, shoe prints, and smudged fingerprints dragged across the walls and floors, and on a rug, chair, and windowsill. The most concentrated amount of blood is in the bathroom, sprayed all over the walls, door, outer toilet, and sink, and in a huge, thick puddle covering most of the floor. It looks like a crime scene, and it's clear that someone struggled for their life in this apartment. It certainly wasn't a quick and painless death. They take photos of the grim scene, and as they're leaving, they run into Johnny's next-door neighbor. Trying to make sense of what happened to Johnny, they show the neighbor the photos they just took. I have a door cam, the neighbor says, offering up the footage. A detective had already obtained some clips of footage from this neighbor the day Johnny's body was found, but she's not sure which ones. She watched some of the footage with the detective, but without sound. The neighbor's security camera is situated just above her apartment door, which sits right at the top of a large set of stairs. In the camera's view, this set of stairs is straight ahead. To the right is a blank wall, and to the left is Johnny's apartment door. As they sift through the footage, they pinpoint the last time Johnny entered his apartment. 3.03pm on April 14th, the day he stopped responding to his mother. He's wearing blue jeans, red shoes, a dark t-shirt, a red backpack with what seems to be a black jacket hanging off of it, and a camo print snapback hat with his medium-length brown hair poking out the back. In his hand is what looks to be an empty cup. He does not appear to be ill or in pain, as he climbs up the stairs and unlocks the door to his apartment, making his way inside and pulling it shut behind him. One minute later, he can be heard yelling out in surprise when he realizes he's not alone. Oh, dude, what the fuck? He cries out asking someone what they're doing and repeatedly telling them to stop while a commotion can be heard. Here is the audio the camera captured, which, I will warn, 
is disturbing. The next thing the camera captured was a man leaving Johnny's apartment at 3.11 p.m. But it's not Johnny. This man has short brown hair with a widow's peak, and he's wearing gray pants and a black leather jacket. He heads down the stairs that lead towards the building's exit, but 11 steps down, just a few away from the bottom, he stops, turns around, and heads back up the stairs while pulling the sleeve of his jacket down to cover his hand. When he reaches Johnny's door, he wipes off the handle with his sleeve-covered hand, then starts heading back down the stairs as he pops the collar of his jacket. He briefly pauses on the last step, frantically running his hands through his hair and over his face a few times. He then steps out of sight and exits the apartment building, the door closing loudly behind him. A sound Johnny probably recognized and waited for, because seconds later, he can be heard desperately calling out for help over and over, but nobody comes to his aid. Not until police arrive five days later, and by then, it's too late. The neighbor recognizes the man in the black leather jacket, but doesn't know his name. This man had been staying with Johnny for a few days before this happened, and hasn't returned since. The footage is sent off to Johnny's sister, Sarah. Johnny's ex-girlfriend, neighbor, and Sarah all contact Lynchburg police to let them know what they found. Late that evening, the neighbor's camera captures police returning to Johnny's apartment and leaving in the early morning hours of April 30th, with new bags of evidence. However, they remain tight-lipped, even to Johnny's family, about what they collected. Days pass before Sarah finally hears back from the detective who worked Johnny's case. During their conversation, Sarah says, Yeah, the problem is you told us up front it was natural causes, and so we had the body cremated. And so now, there is no evidence. And the detective responds, 
What I was trying to communicate was that it was a medical emergency. And I've talked to your mom, and I tried to clarify what I said originally, and explain what I meant by the medical emergency, being vomiting blood, everywhere, uncontrollably. On May 2nd, Lynchburg police release a statement, along with a photo of the man from the video. It says, The Lynchburg Police Department is attempting to locate a man who may have information pertaining to a death investigation. During the investigation, video retrieved from a doorbell camera captured an unidentified man leaving the apartment prior to the tenant's death. The LPD is asking the public for assistance in identifying and locating this man, who is considered to be a witness in the case. A little over a week later, on May 11th, the man from the video is identified as 34-year-old Stephen Michael Church. He's from Elizabethton, Tennessee, where he already has a lengthy criminal record of aggravated burglary, joyriding, unlawful use of a vehicle, theft of property over $10,000, evading arrest, felony escape, violations of community corrections, and numerous failures to appear. He's already wanted in Tennessee, and he's nowhere to be found. Lynchburg police ask for the public's help locating him. On May 31st, a Reddit user makes a comment on a post about this case that says, I grew up with the witness, and I can confirm that he is a total fucking piece of shit. He robbed my mom's house a few years back and stole everything of value. When my mom told me he was wanted for murder, I thought, hmm, karma sure is a bitch. Then I saw the news report and realized he probably got away with murder. His name is Stephen Church, and he is from Poga, Tennessee, a small town just outside of Butler, Tennessee. He used to be a decent guy until he started using hardcore drugs, but he has always been a selfish and conniving person. I truly believe, without a shadow of a doubt, that he murdered Johnny Cashman. I pray that justice is served. I can barely sleep at night knowing that he may be lurking the streets where my family resides. Make this shit go viral. He has to be stopped. On June 7th, another police statement is released. It says, The Lynchburg Police Department has located the witness. On May 23rd, 2022, detectives with the LPD Criminal Investigations Division were able to locate and speak with Stephen Church in Nashville, Tennessee. Church was cooperative with detectives and provided a statement that outlined events preceding John Cashman's death. This is an ongoing death investigation. 
nothing further has been released. And Stephen Church doesn't appear to be in jail, as he continues to post on Facebook, which he leaves completely open to the public. One of his posts says, I be flirting on accident. My bad if you think I like you. I don't. We catch felonies, not feelings over here. Frustrated with the Lynchburg Police Department, Johnny's family goes to ABC 13 News to get his story out there. Sarah believes the negligent non-investigation into Johnny's death from the get-go is because of his lifestyle. Johnny struggled with alcoholism and suffered from anxiety, depression, and bipolar disorder. And had been in some legal trouble in the past. She says, This is just negligence. It's police negligence. And every day I find out so many more things that have been ignored. Johnny was a really good person. He had a really big heart. And no matter what he was going through or what he had done in his past, it should not be that easy to just discard a human life. While scrolling through the comments on articles about Johnny from the ABC 13 Facebook page, I found some that indicate his friends lovingly called him Cash. One of these comments says, Cash was a cool dude. Shocking to hear about this. Was literally working beside my guy last year. LPD looked the other way shaking my head. He had some run-ins with them, but nothing serious enough for them to turn a blind eye. Another says, This is heartbreaking. Sickening. Cash was a friend of many. We are stunned and horrified. Richmond FBI is now involved with the investigation. If you know anything about Stephen Church or the death of Johnny Cashman, please contact Detective Doobie at 434-455-6012, Crimestoppers at 888-798-5900, or leave an anonymous tip online at p3tips.com.